AviationPros.com is the portal website for AMT, airport business, and ground support worldwide magazines. Visit daily for breaking news, industry blogs, and insightful articles from our magazine's editorial team. And don't forget to sign up for our publication's daily e-newsletters. It's all at AviationPros.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Aviation Pros Podcast. I'm Joe Petrie, Editor-in-Chief of Airport Business Magazine. Dan Harrell was recently named the CEO of APP Jet Center and will oversee operations of the company's four locations at Centennial Airport, Treasure Coast International Airport, Hayward Executive Airport, and Manassas Regional Airport. I recently spoke with him about the vision for the company and how the FBOs will operate in a post-pandemic world. Well, thank you, Dan. Really appreciate you taking a few minutes to speak with me. My first question for you are, what are some of the biggest challenges and opportunities for your company looking at the start of the new year? Of course, Joe, and thanks again for inviting me to do this. I think obviously the largest challenge for us is COVID. We're not really sure when we'll be out of it completely, but I think it's safe to say that it's still going to be an issue in January. You know, assuming this were more of a normal year, I think my answer would be more along the lines of how do we grow the company without taking on excess risk or sacrificing the culture that we've established. You know, we're a family-owned, small to medium-sized business. Culture of the business is very important to us. Our relationships with customers are very important. I think that the culture we've established has uh, gone a long way to cementing those relationships. So in an effort to keep that culture, we have at the corporate level, there are three of us, we have uh, group calls with all of our GMs every other day. Sometimes those calls go on for an hour, hour and a half. Sometimes they're 15 minutes because there isn't as much to report. But it's very important for the corporate team to keep in close contact with all of our GMs. There's um, a team-wide approach to handling any customer issues or any issues of any kind that may come up throughout the day. Now, we have locations in Florida, California, and Virginia, and so it's not possible for our corporate team to be everywhere all at once, and that's what really makes you know constant contact with our GMs important. Our GMs have really done an excellent job of community-neck corporate culture down to all the employees that report. When it comes to growth, historically, we've mainly seen growth through acquisition opportunities at our own airports. That makes sense because we know the customer base there well, we are able to evaluate the opportunities and often we get wind of opportunities uh, before they may be on the larger market. And we've done very well with expanding our presence through uh, hangar acquisitions at the airports that we operate at. But going forward, we would eventually like to add new locations. I think we have a very good distribution geographically in the United States, but it would be helpful to add something in the Midwest or in the South or the Northeast. And doing that is taking a big risk because it means adding another uh, location to your cultural base, which is difficult to in integrate, but is important to do correctly. And it also means you're competing against a pretty strong market for acquisitions. I think that we have an advantage over some of the acquirers out there in that we are a small to medium-sized business that's run by a family, and that can be attractive to some. So it's been suggested that business aviation has an opportunity to grow as a result of the pandemic as charters become more essential and luxury travel continues to grow. Are you seeing any evidence that shift is coming or that it has already begun? 
I believe the shift has already begun. During the pandemic, we have seen corporate travel go down some. People are definitely not flying to different cities for face-to-face meetings as much as they used to. But we have seen increase in charter, especially recently, and many of them have been first-time customers. This is reflected in the fact that our fuel sales by volume in September were only down 10% from what we budgeted them to be at the beginning of the year before we knew COVID was going to happen. Now, each base has a different characteristic, so it's not true that every base was down by 10%. It changes among the bases. But what was true and consistent among all the bases was that each one of them saw first-time charter customers coming through. And honestly, I can't see people who can afford to travel uh, privately doing this for a year or more and then going back to buying business class, first class tickets on commercial airlines once the pandemic is over. Now, obviously there was a large slowdown in traffic once the pandemic hit. I was curious what kind of impact or changes that had as far as the maintenance facilities with your company. Have the customers been using these this time to make large changes to their fleets or are they, what kind of upgrades are they making to their aircraft? So we don't do that much heavy maintenance. We have limited maintenance services that we offer at at specific airports. For the most part, maintenance is performed by our tenants at the airport. And we do have uh, significant maintenance tenants at each location, especially at our Fort Pierce location. So we do have some familiarity with what's going on. I would say that maintenance activity is about the same, if not a little bit more active than it had been before the pandemic. There are certainly planes waiting to get maintenance done. There's a steady flow uh, of new planes coming in every time a plane leaves. We also know of multiple tenants who have um, a fleet of planes and they're constantly rotating them out to get maintenance, sometimes getting maintenance done a little bit earlier than they needed to because they know it is a good time to take advantage of that. Tell me a little bit about some of the changes you've seen operationally because of the pandemic and what else you expect to implement in order to meet the demands and also address any of the challenges. So we've noticed that operators, charter operators, are not coming out into the terminal to greet their passengers as much as they used to. In some rare cases, the captain won't even leave the cockpit and will just have the rest of the flight crew greet passengers. Um, We have noticed that they're also cleaning the planes more aggressively and more often between flights. And obviously, everybody's wearing gloves, masks, and just general use of PPE. From our end, we require mask wearing at all of our facilities at all times. And this is important not just to protect all of our customers, but our uh, employees as well. We've also set up sanitation stations. You never have to go very far to find a place where you can wash your hands or use hand sanitizer. And in general, we try to gently break up any groups who may may need, may congregate for, for a long time. But to be honest with you, we haven't seen that much of that. There's a lot of self-regulating behavior among the customers. There just aren't that many people that are congregating inside the terminal. Uh, we did have to close our restaurant, the Tiki in Fort Pierce, as we just felt it wouldn't be safe for either our customers or our employees. And that brings my question, how have passenger expectations for ground service changes result from the pandemic, such as baggage handling or catering? And what steps had to be taken to reduce contact between passengers and FBO staff? We definitely saw a, a large drop-off in catering uh, during the initial months of the pandemic. Very few people were, were ordering it. That has changed recently. We have seen 
catering return a bit, although it's not to pre-pandemic levels. Um, it seems some people are more comfortable with ordering catering than others. When we do receive a catering order from the outside vendor, they are always wearing uh, masks, gloves, and where we used to have to sign for, for the order, they no longer require us to do that. Um, we have seen in certain locations a uh, restaurant including a COVID-19 precaution fee, that, can, that amount can be as much as 50 or $70. When it comes to baggage handling, it really depends on the customer, but overall we are seeing fewer hands on bags. Either the charter operator staff will handle all of the baggage or our line staff will handle all of the baggage. In many of the cases, customers themselves will carry their own bags. And my last question I have for you, uh, somebody that is running companies like this, how can an employer or an immediate supervisor take steps to limit health risks for their employees as this pandemic continues? Right. Well, the the hardest decision we had to make was to close the Tiki, the restaurant at our SPO in Fort Pierce. And to be clear, we did not close it permanently. We're only closing it uh, for the period of the pandemic. And we looked at the, the location of the Tiki, which shares the space with all of our FBO staff, and we decided that it was too risky to have people who necessarily had to be unmasked in order to be eating in the same location as all of our employees in Fort Pierce. But we value our employees, the Tiki, very highly. And so we've made sure to continue paying them throughout this because one day this is going to be over, and we're going to need to get the Tiki up and running right away, and it would break our hearts if we didn't have the same people doing it. Protecting our staff overall is extremely important to us. Ways we do that is by requiring mask wearing, as I said before, limiting the amount of people who would congregate for long periods of time. But most importantly, it's encouraging people to stay home if they feel sick. So in the past, if you didn't feel well enough to come in, you had to use your sick days to do that. Now what we're asking people to do is, if you don't feel well, go get a COVID test, test as soon as you can. The company will pay for that. In the time that you're waiting to get the results of the COVID test back, please stay home. If the test says uh, you're negative, you can come back to work. None of, none of your normal sick days will be taken away for that period of time. And it's things like this that just, you gotta encourage people to not say, well, I didn't wanna use a sick day. So I came in even though I was feeling a little bit under the weather. It's important for people, for the employees to not feel like they're missing out on something by being careful with their health. And that way, you know, you encourage people to take care of each other. Thanks again for joining us for today's podcast. For more information on the latest in business and general aviation, make sure to subscribe to our daily FBO business newsletter. Also make sure to check out the upcoming editions of Airport Business Magazine for learning more on the best practices in FBO management. I'm Joe Petrie. Please stay safe out there.